0: And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Hey guys, before this episode starts, I want to talk about some pretty cool news. Okie Investigations now has its own website. It's truecrime.blog. And it is a running blog for crime stories and for this show. So if you're a true crime buff and you want to see some cool things that we gathered while researching each show, including a timeline of events that we put together, uh, newspaper clippings, court documents, and much, much more, come check us out at truecrime.blog. One, two, three... Hello, everyone, and welcome to OKI Investigations. My name is Trevor Shelby. In this episode, we're going to discuss the murder of Ralph Hubbard. He was a simple man who loved his family, and authorities believe that those closest to him were responsible for his death. In this episode, we're going to discuss what happened, why, and what's happened since. But first, if you're a first time listener, to experience this podcast to its finest, hit that subscribe button. So when we have new episodes, you will be the first to know. Then head on over to our YouTube page, Forgotten True Crime. Here you can watch our episodes packed with videos, pictures, documents, and lots of the other research that goes into making this podcast. Here we can discuss the case together and perhaps come up with our own theories on the many cases that will be featured on this show. Link tree is in the description. December 5, 1937, in Pryor, Oklahoma. News travels fast through little towns in Oklahoma. Pryor was no exception, especially when it came to helping your neighbor. That day, many of the residents of Pryor were gathering at the Hubbard farm to search to see if they could find Ralph Hubbard. You see, earlier that day, Della Hubbard, Ralph's wife, had gone to the neighbor's house looking for help. Ralph had gone out that morning to chop firewood. It was needed because it was especially cold, and Della was trying to get some cooking done that day. But Della didn't expect for Ralph to be gone for very long. When he didn't return, she went out to look for him, and found no sign of him at all. So, to help, each neighbor called the next, and they gathered a search party to find Ralph. Many people were willing to help. Ralph had done a lot for this community. He was a part of the local school board and was devoted to helping his community by shaping the education of the children who were their future. Some of the things that they noted was that he had gone out on foot, his car was still at home, and it wasn't like he left the property on purpose. So the searchers went out onto their property and searched into the night. Once it was too dark to see, they stopped, and the search resumed again the next day. The next day, the searchers were joined by even more people who had heard about the missing man. This included local authorities as well. You see, there had been a few rumors going around town that not everything was as it seemed in the Hubbard home, and the sheriff thought it was best to be involved. On the east side of the property, searchers came upon a creek. Laying on the ground was a cap that Ralph was wearing the morning he went missing. Then, just a few yards away, they found Ralph. He was lying in the small creek, laying face down, with his head turned slightly to the right. He was lying on his face and on his stomach, with his head and arms outstretched. The ice was frozen around his body. The searchers quickly found the sheriff, who was already on the property, helping with the search. When he approached the body, he noted several things that were quite evident to someone with his experience. First of all, he noted that Ralph's boots were clean. One would imagine that if you walked out to chop wood and ended up in a creek, you might get a little dirty doing so, but this was not the case here. He also noted that around the creek was this tall, dry grass, but leading up to it where Ralph had fell... The grass was laid over as if something big had been dragged over it. Something like Ralph himself. When the county doctor arrived, he began to examine the body. He pointed out that there were several bruises on Ralph's head, and they looked to be the type that were from a blow that might knock someone out. Also, the bruises were on top of Ralph's head. If he were to have fallen... It was unlikely that he would have hit his head in such a place. There were several abrasions on his body and there were other bruises as well. There was also this discoloration on his left eye and the back of his ear and an abrasion on his chin, scratches on his face. His face was partially buried in the water uh, from the creek, and it was evident to the doctor that he, in their opinion, had died from drowning after being struck with some kind of instrument and rendered unconscious. There was also mud on the back of his jumper, and in the middle of the mud was a handprint. Now, to the sheriff, this was pretty important. Since finding the body, no one had touched him, except for the doctor. The handprint was clear evidence that someone who was not Ralph had touched his back after he fell and they had found him. When authorities went to move Ralph's body, something fell to the ground. When it was examined, it was determined to be a blue button. This was curious, but at the time, they had nothing to really connect that to. Now, the sheriff was not the type of person who believed fully into the rumors that he had heard. But he knew that sometimes those rumors had a kernel of truth to them and he needed to figure out if what he heard before had something to do with Ralph's death. One of the men that was a part of the search that found Ralph's body was their neighbor, Roy kinnon The rumor that had been going around town was that Della and Roy had been seeing each other in secret for a while now. So to get this ruled out, the sheriff brought in Della Hubbard. While she waited, authorities searched her house and found a few clues that supported the rumors of the time. When they gathered the evidence, they decided to see how Della would react when confronted with it all. The county attorney, H. Keene, asked Della a line of questioning to see her reactions to this evidence. First, he asked the simple questions. Her name, how long she was married to Ralph, and when did she last see Ralph. Then he asked her about her movements when she became nervous about Ralph's disappearance. She stated that she went to the Kinnan property to ask if they had seen her husband. They then asked if Ralph had become angry with her because he believed that she had become intimate with another person. She said no. They asked about Roy Kinnan If she knew him and she said yes, then they asked if Roy had ever written to her and she said yes. They asked if it was by Mel or maybe by some other means. And before she could answer, they laid out several letters that they found in Della's home. She stated that they were left at a rock post between their two properties. Roy would leave a letter under a rock and she would go and retrieve it. Then she would write back and leave her letter under that same rock. Each one of the letters were, well, love letters. She told the authorities that they would use this mailing system to schedule times that they could be together so that their spouses would not know. There was also this old straw pile nearby on the Hubbard home that they could rendezvous in, and this was out of sight, so they were likely not to be found. She said that the relationship ended months ago when Roy's wife caught on to what was going on. She went to Della's home and started yelling at her. Della agreed to break things off with Roy. Roy wanted to keep at it, though. He changed the spot where they were leaving letters, but Della stated that she was serious about stopping the relationship and did not meet up with him if he asked. After the interview, they let Della return home to plan the funeral. Ralph was well-known in the community, and it was expected that many people were going to attend. The mystery surrounding his death also sparked a bit of interest. Authorities believe that Roy was somehow connected with this murder, but the love letters and an affair was far from proof. On December 9, 1937, Ralph's funeral was to take place. Before the funeral was a viewing Anyone who wanted to say goodbye to Ralph could come and see the body before the funeral. The sheriff went in with Della to the viewing of her late husband. This was just minutes before the funeral was to start. While looking at his body, Della was overcome with grief. The sheriff told her that it was a shame what happened to Ralph, and the one responsible for his death should answer for his crimes. Della looked to the sheriff and stated that she wanted to confess what she knew. They brought her into the crying room, where she slowly told her story. This is the actual word-for-word account of Della's statement. We got home from town Saturday evening about 4 o'clock. He went and got the cows as soon as we got home. Then we milked. Then ate supper about 6.30 o'clock. We went in the front room, sat down to read the newspapers, reread until about 8 o'clock, then we went to bed. Someone come up about 11.30, but I heard the voice call, Hub, and told him to come out. He got up and dressed and put on his coat and wraps, and then went around the southeast corner of the house. And after they was gone a while, I heard a noise, hollered, and I jumped. I ran to the kitchen door. They sounded like they was on the south of the house. I jumped in my clothes and ran to the corner of the barn. I seen the bulk of somebody, and I seen who it was. It was Roy Kinnon. I asked him what was the matter, and he said, By God, I killed Hub, and you better not chirp it. It was about 15 minutes after they left before I heard him holler. He, Roy, went on his way, and I thought he was mad at me too. I never went down there just then, but... After he left, I went down there and looked at the body of my husband, but I was afraid to do anything. After that statement, the sheriff left the interview. He immediately went in and interrupted the funeral. He scanned the room, found Roy Kinnan, and then arrested him on the spot. But not everything is as it seems. Join us next week the conclusion to this case what does Roy have to say about all this find out next week and make sure you subscribe so when that episode comes out you will be the first to know I hope you guys have enjoyed this story so far and I'll see you guys next week for part 2 see ya